Dear listeners, Sairam and greetings from Prashanti Nilayam. Welcome to our radio program, Afternoon Satsang. This is a segment of Radio Sai's Thursday Live, hosted by Prem and Arvind at 12.30pm Indian Standard Time on Thursdays, only on Asia's stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. The discussion is on the Ramakatha Rasavahini, a book written by Swami, and today's episode was first broadcast live on 15th October 2015. Have a listen please. Offering a humble panams at Bhagwan's lotus feet. Dear listeners, we welcome you to this week's episode of Afternoon Satsang. This is the week on which we usually uh, study the Ramakatha Raswaini as the beautiful story of Ramayana as written by Bhagwan. So as we always do, let us begin this week too by ruminating on the sweet and nectarous name of Lord Sri Rama. Sri Rama Rama Rame Ki Rame Rame Manorame Sahasranama Tatulyam Ramanama Varanane Sairam dear listeners and welcome to today's segment on the Ram Katha Rasavahini. I am really grateful to Swami and offer our humble salutations at his lotus feet before we begin today's satsang. And yes, let us not forget Lord Hanuman who is always present wherever the Ram Katha is sung. We offer our salutation to him too. So the entire Ramayana as we have said many times before, the idea is to ourselves become Rama by bringing out those principles from within and that's the whole idea of the study of Ramayana itself. Apart from you know the killing of demons as always of course we can have an entire satsang on that but as always there is a deep subtle and deeper meaning to this rather than just you know killing of an asura for example even if you take the name of the asura we just took which is mahisha asura mahisha means actually a buffalo right and uh, it is said that that asura was in the form of a buffalo the color of a buffalo is usually black you know when i was reading the inner significance about this it is said that he stands for tamas tamas meaning sloth and it's one of the lower gunas which you know one has to go beyond tamas then go beyond rajas you use rajas which is energy and passion and enthusiasm to overcome tamas and then you move to rajas and then you use sattva which is calm peaceful serenity to go beyond rajas to go beyond passion you know compassion to go beyond passion but you don't achieve the ultimate even by going to sattva guna you have to even transcend that you have to transcend all gunas to become gunatita or the lord so this is the first step of the spiritual journey why i am saying this is because you know it is said 
said that in the ramkatha today we will come to this very statement again where it is said that you have to be of the level of the divine to understand the divine otherwise you are not even having the capacity to understand the glory that we are discussing the story of lord shri rama indeed blessed are we and we shall continue where we left off i think prem we had spoken about how sugriva and rama meet and they pledge their friendship to each other sugriva promises rama that he would help in finding his mm-hmm. wife we spoke about that jewels incident where the bundle of jewels is brought and lakshmana identifies the anklets and the toorings right exactly right. because he has been worshiping the feet of sita considering her as his mother and that is the ideal that lakshmana presents to the world that is the ideal that swami presents to all of us many times in his discourses about how ideal lakshmana is after that in exchange you know rama promises to restore sugriva back to his kingdom and you know he says he will correct the wrong deed that has been done by wali i think we also narrated the story of how sugriva and is wali in a place back, right? safe from wali right. yeah of course we narrated how sugriva has been banished by wali but why has wali not come and killed sugriva because sugriva is in a place where wali does not dare to enter right that's yeah. because he has uh, he gets a curse from uh, matang Matang-a- muni. muni i think he tries to disturb him when he was living in that kishkinda mountain at Actually, what happens is there's this uh, demon Dundubi we spoke about. Right. Dundubi takes the form of a huge buffalo. Again, you see this buffalo <laughs> theme is there. Right. Tamas. So again, you know, he comes and ravages the whole land there, and he puts his horns into the ground, uproots trees because Dundubi is told that there's somebody who is more powerful than you. This Dundubi is actually the brother of Mayavi, right? Who was killed in the cave by Wali. Right. So when Dundubi attacks, Wali fights him for hours and kills him. So till there, it's all good, but. then you know wali wants to show off his prowess that is where ego kicks in so he picks up the body of dundubi and flings it mm-hmm. and as it is flung in the air it's flying it shatters to bits and it is said that that creates a rain of flesh and blood over the ashram where matangamuni is and matangamuni in his divine uh, vision is able to easily comprehend that this is the act of ego and pride of wali and therefore he puts a curse that if ever wali happens to step on this hill step on this mountain itself not the ashram his head will shatter into pieces which is why wali is not coming to the mountain which is why sugriva is hiding over there right. and this is where we had stopped i think last right so we also said that rama promises him that i think according to the valmiki ramayana's version he says by sunset wali will be vanquished and you will get back your kingdom and uh, i think this is where uh, swami says that now sugriva is is kind of bowled over by rama and obviously by his appearance and divine appearance but he is still having this doubt because according to him wali is the strongest person on earth because i think that there's another story which we have also mentioned how wali takes on ravana Mm-hmm. and ravana is actually in awe of wali and his valor and so sugriva thinks that there is nobody who is stronger than wali and to beat him in any kind of a battle you need to be really stronger than him and he does not even express it i think the way swami puts it he does not even express this thing he just has this in his mind and he kind of describes wali's valor exactly and you know when sugriva describes wali's valor the lord actually doesn't need all these but rama is aware that sugriva is having this doubt as to rama you promised me but are you capable this part when i was reading prem i i felt so much of empathy towards sugriva because i feel i go through this personally not just once or twice but every time you know i have seen the grandeur the might the glory the love of swami and yet at the slightest problem in my life you know i tend to start getting into this kind of little doubt whether you know swami you know help me last time but this time will he be able to do it i'm frankly confessing this happens of course after some time you know i talk to myself i convince myself i remind myself of 
the glory and you know warn myself of not falling into this maya of doubting swami but it happens you know it happens in spite of just now sugriva has experienced and he has felt in his heart that this rama is the divine supreme and nothing can ever touch me with he guarding over me yet he is having this doubt and rama sensing this doubt what he does is interesting this little parts swami has not written about in the ramkatha rasavahini i just happened to read it in the valmiki ramayana so i think i'll as well narrate it rama goes and that body of the dundubi you know decaying and rotting reduced to mere bones is just fallen there because that is where vali had thrown it right it is said that rama goes and just gives it a gentle nudge with his toe and that transforms into a mighty kick which takes that carcass across the indian subcontinent to some place in the himalaya mm-hmm. that's what it is said you know uh, it is evident that rama does this to show his might to sugriva means your brother vali threw it from one hill to another right i have thrown it all the way across the subcontinent now but you know the doubt the demon of doubt is such a terrible creature in the valmiki ramayana it is written that sugriva thinks at this point in time the first reaction is awe at the power that rama holds within himself Mm-hmm. immediately following that reaction you know he starts thinking see when vali threw it was a full blooded demon full blooded body it had all blood flesh everything right. so it was heavy and thick now this is a fully decomposed hardly anything left kind of carcass naturally it will be lighter <laughs> on one hand while he is thinking that it is lighter doesn't he have the ability and intelligence to think on the other hand that it has gone i mean 100 times farther than where vali threw but no the doubt still remains in sugriva's head in spite of rama having done this and it is at this point i think that even swami writes about this in the ramkatha rasavahini that rama steps in and tells sugriva that i know that you are having these doubts it's not a problem at all you tell me you can test my might satisfy yourself and then only we'll proceed right i think this part uh, swami tells very beautifully and uh, when swami was narrating this particular incident in i think 1996 samukos swami actually draws a lot of important messages from this you know about the human mind and how it uh, doubts and as you said you know even though we see because if you look at it one way when you ask the question why swami has to perform so many miracles and you know we have seen swami curing so many people we've seen swami materializing things and he would do it so that even though it is not for you and me it would be done in a manner that you and me would witness it you know swami would materialize something in public view so all of us see it and i think it is to kind of put that idea in our head that here is somebody who can do these things so that when we need his help we tell ourselves that yes he may is capable of doing this <laughs> no i just happened to be chatting with one of these kids who came for this children's hour yesterday mm-hmm. and uh, you no know, he has been put some very nice habits in by his parents he prays every day in the morning and before going to sleep chant gayatri 21 times and things like that mm-hmm. uh, i was trying to ask this kid you know why do we need to pray so you know in their innocence he says that because uh, you know when i go to school suddenly the teacher might come and give me a test mm-hmm. or suddenly i might have to do something which i can't so such times god helps okay so i, I asked him do you pray even before going to an exam he said yeah before going to exam definitely i pray i asked him why uh, because that is the time when we need god's help maximum <laughs> so i said why your mother and father can't come and help you no no they are not allowed to come inside the exam the exam hall but you know god can come anywhere oh okay you know so the idea was so clear in his head that there are things which nobody else can do but god can do and that is why we have to pray to god and mm-hmm. you know his realm of help can stretch anywhere he can come anywhere he can do anything i think that is one of the reasons why god swami did some of these things right in front of eyes and uh, the way swami says that how this doubt arose in sugriva's mind and how this is actually a, a sign of our monkey mind and how we need to handle that probably we listen to that clip it's a little longer probably 
seven minutes. But I think the lessons we can draw from what Swami says here are immense. So we listen to this part. So this is a clip from Swami's discourse in 1996. 1996, 24th of May to be precise. And Rama started testing this if you want to win over any other person, we should excel the opponent double. So, Sugriva thought this way. If in order to conquer Waliva, Wali, he should approach the person who is more. Whether Rama is powerful to conquer Wali or not. These are the doubts of the worldly creatures. Though they know less. They go on criticizing in a pompous way. Very important thing is utterly foolish man who argues in respect of divine. It is impossible for anyone to decide this way or that way. Where are you and what is that? No one has got any authority to decide the divinity which is non-apparent. God can do anything. No one is in authority to decide the There is nothing bad in God's creation. From your point of view, good and bad Today you eat a fruit and you think it good. And tomorrow the fruit The excretory matter is bad. But from your viewpoint it's bad. But to God it's good. And fruit takes this form. How do you say bad? So all are good in this world. There is nothing bad in this world. Because of your mean low mind, you say this is good, that is bad. This is called prayomarga. You decide basing on your limited looks. This is not Sreyo. The fruit has become waste matter. You call this excreta. But in Sreyo Marga it is good. If the waste matter is not sent out, you will be put to danger. That is the inward part. There is good there. There is good in bad, there is bad in good. To, to see bad to see good even in bad is inward path so whatever God does is good from your point of view what's the reason because yours is narrow look 
భగవంతుని దృష్టి అపరిమితమైనటువంటిది గాడ్ హెస్ గట్ బ్రాడ్ మైండ్ బ్రాడ్ విజన్ అందువల్లనే అగమ్యము అగోచరము అప్రమాణము దేర్ ఫోర్ ఈస్ బియాండ్ ఆల్ నామ్స్ నాన్ దృష్టికి నీ చేష్టలకు నీ భావములకు కొన్ని ప్రమాణములు ఉంటున్నాయి దేర్ ఇస్ సర్టన్ లిమిట్స్ యువర్ యాక్షన్స్ అండ్ యువర్ థాట్ భగవంతుని దీనికి ప్రమాణములే లేదు బట్ గాడ్ ఈస్ లిమిట్ ఏది చెప్పినా అది రైటే వాట్ ఎవర్ ఈస్ ఏది చేసినా అది రైటే వాట్ ఎవర్ డస్ ఈస్ రైట్ అనగా ఏమిటి వాట్ ఇస్ భగవంతుని ఎందు స్వార్థము లేకపోవటమే రైట్ భేదములంత స్వార్థపరునికి మాత్రమే వస్తుంటాయి ఓన్లీ సెల్ఫిష్ పీపుల్ అంటే స్వార్థరహితునికి ఈ భేదములే రావు బాధనే ఉంటుంటాయి అండ్ అవర్ సెల్ఫిష్ విల్ బౌండ్ టు సఫర్ కనుకని దేఫో జీవిత ధన్యము కావించుకోవదలసినటువంటి వాడు రామ జీవితాన్ని అనుసరించాలి వన్ షుడ్ ఫాలో ద లైఫ్ ఆఫ్ రామ ఆ రామ జీవితాన్ని అనుసరించడం లోపల కూడా అడుగుజాడల్ని అనుసరించాలి వై ఫాలోయింగ్ ద లైఫ్ ఆఫ్ రామ షుడ్ ఫాలో హిస్ ఫుడ్ స్టెప్స్ కనుక ఈ యొక్క సుగ్రీవునికి ఈ విధమైన సందేహం వచ్చి ఈ సందేహం తీర్చుకుంటే కానీ నాకు మనసుకు తృప్తి కాలేదు అన్నారు సుగ్రీవ హ్యాడ్ దిస్ డౌట్ అండ్ యూ వాంటెడ్ క్లారిఫికేషన్ హనుమంతుడు హనుమాన్ మంచి పదములతో వినయ విధేయతలతో రాములకు చెప్పాడు అతని సందేహాన్ని హనుమాన్ కన్వేడ్ డౌట్ ఆఫ్ సుగ్రీవ ఇన్ సాఫ్ట్ స్వీట్ నవ్వాడు ఇది కేవలము సామాన్య జీవుల యొక్క ఇది సహజాలి ఇట్స్ క్వైట్ న్యాచురల్ ఫర్ ఆర్డినరీ సందేహాలు రావటం సహజమే డౌట్స్ దే కామ్ దీనికి కారణమేమిటి వాని అల్పత్వమే దీనికి కారణం దేర్ మీన్నెస్ ఈస్ ద కాల్ ఇప్పుడు తెలివి తేటలు గలవాడనుకుంటారు చాలా తప్పు యు థింక్ యువర్ ఇంటెలిజెంట్ నో మంచి మేధాశక్తి గలవాడనుకుంటారు చాలా తప్పు మేధాశక్తి తెలివి తేటలు ఉన్నటువంటి వానికి సందేహంలే రావు If you are really an intellectual intelligent one you will never doubt sandeham unnatundi vaniki alupulake sandeham the one who entertains doubts is vaala jeevithame alpatvamu their life is mean karuka ee sugrivudu alupuduga kanipistunnadani navukunnadu ramulu rama was smiling looking at the mean level of kaani alupudu kaani adukudu kaani ee samayalo naaku avasarame but at this moment i need him ప్రపంచంలో లో పనికిరాని వస్తువు ఒక్కటి లేదు దింగ్ విచ్ ఇస్ అన్ని పనికి వచ్చేటువంటివి ఒక పొరక పుల్ల కూడా నువ్వు పళ్ళు గుచ్చుకోవడానికి పనికి వస్తుంది ఈవెన్ ఏ స్మాల్ పొరక పుల్ల స్టిక్ ఈస్ ఆల్సో యూస్ఫుల్ కానీ ఇంకా ప్రాణముని జీవి పనికిరాడా బట్ డోంట్ యూ థింక్ దట్ ఈ అల్పుడు కూడా ఇప్పుడు నాకు అవసరమే ఈవెన్ దిస్ లో పర్సన్ ఈస్ ఆల్సో ఎందుకనగా హనుమంతుడు వాని పక్షంలో ఉంటున్నాడు హనుమాన్ హనుమంతుడు చాలా శక్తివంతుడు హనుమాన్ ఇస్ పవర్ఫుల్ కానీ ఈ అల్పుడైనటువంటి యొక్క సుగ్రీవుని ఎందుకు ఏ శక్తులు ఉంటున్నాయో వాట్ కైండ్ ఆఫ్ కెపాసిటీ దట్ ఈ హ్యావ్స్ తనకు గుర్తించినప్పుడే దీనికి తెలుసుకోవడానికి వీలవుతుందని i should know and find out తప్పక నీ యొక్క పరీక్షకు నేను నెగ్గుతానన్నాడు he said i am i am ready to face your test ఐదు వృక్షములు నీటుగా ఉంటున్నాయి సరిగా దేర్ ఆర్ ఫైవ్ ట్రీస్ వరుసగా ఉంటున్నాయి అనగా ఒక విధమైనటువంటి ఫిక్స్ ఫారెస్ట్ ట్రీస్ దాన్ని ఒక్క తూరి కొట్టమన్నాడు హీ వాంటెడ్ దట్ ఆరో షుడ్ బి షార్టెడ్ దీస్ స్ట్రిచ్ ఒకనాడు కొట్టినప్పుడు ఐదు చెట్టు కూడా దాటినాయి వాలీ కుడ్ షూట్ దెమ్ ఆల్ ఎట్ వన్ స్ట్రిచ్ ఈ రాములు కొట్టేటప్పటికి ఐదు చెట్టు దాటి కొండను కూడా దాటి అవతలు వేడింది రాములు పాదము పైన పడి సుగ్రీవ క్షమించమని చెప్పి నేను చాలా అల్పగ్నుడను అనేక బాధలకు పడి నేను ఈ విధమైన అనుమానాలు గురి అయిపోయాను బికాస్ ఆఫ్ లాంగ్ సఫరింగ్ రక్షించమని అగ్నిసాక్షిగా ప్రమాణం చేశాడు సో హిస్ పాడన్ హీ వాంటెడ్ టు బి ప్రొటెక్టెడ్ అండ్ మేడ్ ఆల్ ద ఓత్ 
So that was the clip. But I think uh, more than uh, the topic of why Sugriva gets that doubt, I think Swami was explaining the acts of an avatar, how this mistake on Afar to pass judgments on that. I think very, very beautifully Swami was describing the difference between the spiritual perspective and the worldly perspective. Shreyo and the prayo. Right. When you see bad even in the good act, that is the, the worldly perspective. When you see, bad even in the good act. Right, huh? When you see good even when there is apparently a bad act being performed. And that is good. And I think the very, very beautiful point, which again Swami will repeat in the Ramakatha Raswaini also is, as long as selflessness is the intent which is driving an act, that act can never be wrong, however it may appear so. Hmm. And uh, As a corollary to that, I feel, you know, if it is selfishness that is driving an act, then it can never be right, however right it may appear. A task, an act might appear very noble, very large-hearted, very kind, very charitable. Yet, if it is selfishness that is driving that whole thing, the act becomes mean. Just as Swami says that if it is selflessness driving an act, however bad it might appear, because it is having selflessness as the root, it becomes good. Right. It's so uh, it's so subtle, especially in the Ramayana. Because as we have said, I think before, the Ramayana, the lessons are all very, very subtle and you'll have to really go into it. If you Same thing if you see in the Mahabharata, actually it's very, very clear hmm. where the intention is very obvious, you know, but trying to ensure that whatever is done is within the legal framework, within what appears like dharma, what is accepted in the society and say that, no, no, it's after all right, what we did was right. We cannot be blamed because the actions were within the moral code, but where it was so obvious that the intentions were wrong. Hmm. But here it is so different. The intentions are so subtle, even between, uh, you know, Wali and Sugriva. The difference in mistake was so little. And uh, that's again what we will see here, but we'll just complete what Swami narrated here, especially that test which Sugriva gave. Because Sugriva goes on to tell Rama that when they were youngsters, they had this competition between them who was stronger. And they had these row of palm trees. And Swami says, fig trees, you know, mm-hmm. supposed to be very sturdy trees. And uh, Wali fells about three trees, I think, right? No, Sugriva does three, Wali does five. Wali does five. Uh, right. Here Swami in the discourse said five. But Swami says to more than five, but he uh, does not okay. give the number. right? Oh, okay. He said more than five here. In the Ramkatarasavaini and in Valmiki's Ramayana, it is said that they were actually seven in a row. Right. Sugriva manages to pierce three trees, while Wali pierces five, five trees. trees. And when Rama picks an arrow, fits it and shoots, it pierces all the seven trees and, you know, goes beyond. Right. Carries the trees and bangs it on the hill. Hill. That's what Swami writes. And in fact, Swami also adds another detail that when they come to this row of trees, which Rama is supposed to shoot, Sugriva sees the trees and he says that they're actually twice as thick as the trees which Wali and Sugriva had shot down. Mm. He thinks in his mind that even two of these trees is good enough. It shows that Rama is as strong as Wali or even stronger. But then Rama, you know, takes it much beyond that. And after that, this beautiful scene comes. You know, immediately Sugriva melts. He realizes whose presence he is in. You know, he's not any ordinary prince of Ayodhya or something like that. So he breaks down and he says, I'm so fortunate to have forged a partnership with you. And this is more important to me than even winning over Wali. Right? That's what he starts. In uh, fact, he says that, you know, Rama, the joy that I'm getting by beholding you, I feel, you know, I've been so foolish in trying to get angry on Wali or have ideas of revenge towards him. All that have melted away now. I have no desire for my kingdom. I have no desire for ruling. I have no desire to avenge myself. My only desire is to stay with you and serve you because, you know, this is a reaction that often happens when we get a glimpse of the glory of God. When you get that glimpse of the glory, you just want to give up everything and just be with God. 
when i was about i think 12 year old or something i remember we had visited prashantanilayam had come along with my parents and my balvikas guru now along with the balvikas guru there was another um, man who had come first time he was coming to prashantanilayam and he had just been introduced to swami and all that so this was one of the first few times when i had come to prashanti also so puttaparthi was new for me why i'm remembering this very vividly is after darshan that day when i came i saw that this man had become like mute almost he had stopped speaking mm-hmm. he was continuously shedding tears and uh, he said i don't want breakfast we went for breakfast he walked away so that's it after uh, breakfast we went attended bhajans and then when he came back i saw that this uh, lady who was my balvikas guru she was sitting outside her room in prashantanilayam and um, when we went she said no don't enter the room so why after some time the room door opened one lady and her child come walking out it is this man's wife and son they are weeping i was wondering what happened they are weeping and weeping and then i overheard them telling the balvikas guru that this person is so overwhelmed he says now i don't want anything he's just wearing a dhoti he is lying down in shavasan inside the room and he says i want swami okay. nothing else and he has given up mm-hmm. he is refusing to come back home and he doesn't want to do his job nothing you know i was so amazed and i felt oh my god this is the kind of impact swami has on people that is definitely you know that impact is very very true but well completing the story you know what that lasted only 2 days third day this man packed up went and i don't know after that when i came to prashanti i never knew what happened to this person after that mm-hmm. so was this impact that swami had on him false no it is true but what i feel is we receive the impact and at that time become full of surrender like how you know sugriva also you know sugriva says i don't want anything i don't want to go and defeat my brother i don't want revenge i don't want i felt that anger hatred and all you know is such a terrible thing but today i feel that even anger and hatred have become instrumental in me meeting you rama all this was towards you sugriva in one moment is able to see his entire life as a drama that has been so beautifully scripted by the lord where the grand finale or culmination is him meeting the lord and having come to this finale he doesn't want anything else i'm sure each one of us have felt if not the same at least something of that when we have had our own kind of experiences with swami but my problem and my question is how long does that sustain because very soon we are back just like that man who went back to his office wife and children no, and continued that's the thing no? we, we ourselves have narrated so many times the incident about seshigiri rao that first look of swami the change it brings and we've spoken about how people came and they saw and they got conquered and all that you know when somebody asked shirdi baba why is that so many devotees come but only few hang on and he shows the mango tree and he says that how many flowers are there how many of these flowers eventually become fruits how many of those fruits eventually ripe and become ripe, it, huh? become ripe and are worthy of eating so it's similar to that you know so many people come and i think that that first look of swami or that first interaction which you have is so powerful but not many really are able to foster that in fact there's in a chapter in the satyamsham sundaram where swami starts writing letters to the prisoners after that kalpagiri episode hmm. swami starts writing and all of them are overwhelmed all of them are writing letters to swami and swami also responds to them towards the end of the chapter professor kasir writes that not all of them really fostered this chance they got into transformation you know many of them remained in the prison and probably they came out and they did more crimes and went back inside but there were only a handful who actually held on to that inspiration a man you know he writes about one particular prisoner in that chapter you know he was a man who was very similar to kalpagiri who also wanted to murder his wife and in fact he wanted to murder his wife and kill himself but unfortunately he got saved he tried to rip his stomach apart but he got saved and how he had to undergo multiple surgeries even as he was staying in the prison mm. and eventually the dietitian say that he cannot eat any cooked food he has to eat only uh, you know food which is soaked and which is just boiled or steamed so he goes on 
to say that Swami, no other way I could have stuck on to a sattvic diet in a prison. So you have made it this way. And you know, he completely changes and he really becomes a true devotee. And as we you know, this is what say. Swami was saying. To have the ability to see good even in the bad. You know, getting your stomach ripped off, having multiple surgeries, such a bad thing anybody Absolutely. can think of. But he's able to see the good in that. Right. And there is no place where it cannot happen. Like in the prison, in the midst of whom we call as people who cannot be changed. Such is the place is a prison and there if you can find such inspiration and to foster it and show that it really, you know, makes you blossom. But it doesn't happen to everybody, you know. This is something which I think we all have to remember because I think we have said this many times. You don't make a promise when you're happy. You don't make a decision when you're angry because it's all a height of emotion. And when you see Swami or when you come to Prashant Indilliam for the first time, you're so excited. You're so thrilled by, you know, the silence. I've seen so many people who say, oh, it's so peaceful here. I would like to settle down here. Hmm. But are you ready to live a life of such frugality? Are you ready to live a life which is so simple, which is so focused on Swami? It is not wrong to, you know, brush aside that feeling. But I think it is important to calm yourself down, take it and, you know, let it seep in quietly and little slowly. No, in fact, I feel many places, you know, these uh, mediums, channelers of Swami, all these who are cropping up, they are actually making use of this euphoria itself. You know, in the first, they make that emotional uh, impact on you. You know, those who say that Swami speaks through him, he is able to see Swami, all these mm, channelers and mediums who are doing this for obvious selfish ends, they make use of this emotion. That's the thing, you know. That's why you see, none of these places have like an ashram where a person, a devotee can go and stay for a month. Because in a month, all this will vanish. I have this question to ask. If you really feel there is Swami in that place or uh, this person is directly in touch with Swami, why don't you go there and stay for a month? That would happen in Prashanti, right? I remember some of the Westerners would spend half a year in their country earning their livelihood and other half come and spend in Prashanti. And even to this day, we have people who do that at Prashanti. But that is not what is happening in so many of these channelers places, you know. They go there just for a day or two and come back on a high. It's almost like narcotics or drugs or, you know, alcohol. It gives you a kick because that is the difference between divinity and these other things. That divinity is not about emotion. Spirituality is not emotion. It is something that has to be fostered and perseverance. You know, we spoke last time in our uh, topic on quality of sadhana. Two things. One is intensity. One is perseverance. The Lord Darshan gives a big kick in the intensity. But are we able to persevere? See, I with the example that I narrated of that man, that kick he got. But after that, I mean, what happened? He couldn't nurture it. But the beautiful thing, as Swami explained in his discourse, is that if we are able to nurture it and prove to be worthy devotees, the Lord will go to any extent. I think many of our listeners will be wondering why after all Sugriva is trying to say something so beautiful uh-huh. and why we went off into a discussion like this. Uh-huh, that's what because the sequence of events shows that, you know, how it was just an emotional outbreak. No, even here, uh, Prem, you know, I was reading in uh, Valmiki's Ramayana. Mm-hmm. You know what happens after actually Rama brings down these seven trees? Sugriva thinks that as teenagers we shot arrow. Okay. After that, <laughs> Wali has grown much stronger. So, Rama has proved to be stronger than a teenage Wali. Is he more powerful than an adult you know, so though he's overwhelmed, fall that Rama's feet and he's saying that you are the supreme, after some time, this doubt is what is coming in his head. Right. So I feel we are all like Sugriva. But the point I was trying to make before we go ahead is that one person who held on was Hanuman. And Swami explains, Rama knows that Sugriva is, you know, they say friendship is between equals. Sugriva is not actually worthy of friendship in the level of which Rama is there. Of course, he's an equal to Rama in the sense that he has lost his wife and he's uh, faced injustice. That way they're equal but in their spiritual level there is a world of difference and Swami says yet the Lord is ready to bypass that rule and have friendship with Sugriva because he wants Hanuman 
<laughs> you know, Hanuman sitting here, definitely the top form boy for Rama, I feel. You know, I'm sure he will rejoice at the special place that he has in Rama's heart. Hanuman tears apart his heart and we see Rama there. I'm sure if Rama tore apart his heart, we would see Hanuman there. That is the kind of love, that is the kind of sacrifice that the Lord makes when the devotee's devotion is persevering as well as intense, like how Hanuman says. I feel that is why Swami placed Hanuman as a role model right on top of the hill where students from all the hostels, <laughs> primary school, higher secondary or university can see him and derive inspiration from him. I don't know, many times when you look at it, you see this even with Swami, you know, he would do things which he would otherwise not do because by doing that, there will be some devotee who will be drawn closer or some devotee who will benefit with Swami's proximity. Someone who is telling, you know, Swami always says, I am not here for publicity, I don't like publicity, I don't like publicity. But the first thing when he saw Professor Kasturi, he says, you can come and write my, you know, biography. Hmm. It's almost like, you know, it's a way of attracting you. If that is the way I will attract you, I mean, I don't mind stepping down in my policy of not having publicity. <laughs> the same thing which Swami said when he came here to inaugurate the studio. He said, I have nothing to do with this, you know. Nothing to gain from it. Right. He wants to broadcast my discourse live across the oceans. I have nothing to gain from it, but it will give him happiness. You know, he has been such a good devotee, it will give him happiness. I have allowed him to do it. I think even if you and me are sitting here and talking, that's exactly what Swami is probably doing. You know, this is the only way to keep these fellows <laughs> at my feet. Let them talk. Let them yeah. enjoy. Let them and, and this aspect, Brahm, I feel so overwhelmed and grateful because, you know, for one, Swami never thought of what he wants or, you know, what is dear to him. Whatever way we are able to offer our love and devotion for him, he is happy to accept it. And I really don't think we will get another Lord who is so compassionate, who is so merciful. All of us are doing what we like to do and yet we have the opportunity to make it into an offering to Swami. That is the kind of love and compassion that the Lord embodies. Absolutely. At this point, I think, Prem, we can take a little break. Don't go anywhere, dear listeners. We'll come back and continue what happens next because Rama now inspires Sugriva to go and challenge his brother Wali into a fight and that we will come to after this little break. So, be there. Hang in there. Yeah. 
listeners we are in that point where uh, sugriva is just tested rama's abilities and he is confirmed for himself that rama does have the prowess to beat wali and uh, we are talking about that incident where he gets overwhelmed emotionally and he says that wali i've always looked at him as my enemy but today i know that he's been my benefactor because he's been instrumental in me meeting with my lord and you know the beauty is of the ramakatha raswani the sad thing of course is we are reading it in english i'm sure that it's so much more poetic and so much more sweet in swami's telugu because some of the way swami puts it across one particular point where swami says is sukriva tells rama that when you are in a dream and you're having a fight with somebody the moment you wake up from the dream the fight is gone the enmity is gone the hatred is gone hmm. so he says my fight with wali is like that it's almost like in a dream and me meeting you is my moment of waking up wow. so that enmity and hatred is gone i have no anger against him even though 
he has done so much injustice towards me and so beautifully swami is putting that and it's again such a beautiful message which swami is sending across in that of course uh, rama's response to this emotional outburst at this point is that rama is patting him and you know he's stroking him in uh, behind and, and actually then, you know he even agrees he says sugriva right what you're saying is correct right. but still you know you go and fight in that's fact, what uh, rama tells him that but i have given my word that i will you know put you as the emperor of this realm and you cannot escape from that duty so mm. now you have to go and challenge wali mm. so this is what is told and he also assures sugriva that you don't worry i am there i am there with you i will stand by you and that is what gives courage to sugriva and the next day they set out the brothers rama and lakshmana along with sugriva hanuman is left behind at uh, the hill resort wherever sugriva was taking refuge and as they go it is said that sugriva goes to the gates of kishkinda the city of kishkinda and bellows out in all his might he throws he shouts a challenge to his brother wali and swami's beautiful description he says that wali who is sleeping gets up like a cobra that lifts its hood when, when somebody steps on it yeah so wali also gets up and instantly you know he wants to go and fight that is when his wife tara wali's wife tara tries to speak some sense into wali just now you were telling prem as to how one must not take a decision when one is angry and this is exactly what uh, wali has done here he is enraged a brother whom he has smashed and whom he does not expect to see at all because his brother is scared for his life and he is t- taking refuge in a hill where wali cannot go otherwise wali would have chased him there and hunted him down that brother is now coming back and shouting a challenge to him he just wants to go and smash him again that is when tara tells wali that listen you know we have got news that you yourself know she refers to the information that wali already has she says you yourself know that he has met with two brothers two princes they say and i'm sure those two are not ordinary people why because though i have not heard anything about them or what they have done the confidence with which sugriva is coming here you know wali remember how you have defeated him dethroned him how he used to be shiver in fear at your presence he is coming and bellowing with such a might which is shaking the walls of our city don't you see something fishy here wali is not able to you know he just pushes her off aside and says you coward you are such a cowardly woman you know this is not the time to decide i have also heard about the glory of rama it's not that i don't know the glory of rama but the thing is i cannot shy away from war because this is my duty to fight and plus remember tara that i am also you know a devotee of Lord Rama he doesn't say actually that he is a devotee but he definitely expresses his love and regard to Rama by saying that I am confident that the nobility of Rama is such that he sees both me and Sugriva with equal vision right so i just cannot entertain the thought of him supporting one over the other i don't think so so what if he is present there both of us are equal in his eyes see imagine that is how the lord is perceived even by a person who doesn't know much so wali is saying that that much is there so then why should i fear it is just griva that i have to face so what if it is in the presence of the lord it may be makes it even more wonderful that it is in the presence of lord rama but i will go smash this brother and come because he even says that even if i am to be killed hmm. what greater honor than to be killed in the hands of rama you know in the same sentiment which maricha expresses before he takes the form of the golden deer but you know i don't know how how much of this is there in the valmiki ramayana hmm. this aspect of wali's approach towards rama because this is very very sweet and i feel he is one more character who's redeemed by swami's ramakatha swami the exchanges which come later are truly very very profound but the next incident which happens is also very subtle in its message 
because uh, Sugriva goes and calls out to Wali and finally Wali comes out and uh, a duel takes place. You know, they start fighting and they start showering blows at each other. And all the while Sugriva is thinking that any time Rama's arrow will come and finish off. finish Wali. But then uh, he goes on fighting and he gets beaten badly and battered. It comes to a point where, you know, he's thinking that Rama is waiting for me to give my best. So at the end of it, Rama will come as Swami would often say, you know, you will have to give your best and that is after which you will have to leave the rest to God. So he's thinking that probably when I am exhausted, then Rama will take over. But that is not the case. He is completely beaten and at the point where he has to save his own life, he flees. He runs away from there and then he goes and and this is the point where we said, you know, completely different. In the Ramakatha Rasvaini, it's the next page. (laughs) The previous page, Sukriva is saying, oh Rama, my life is redeemed and this is the moment and I don't need to beat Wali. And in this next episode, he he says that, you know, why have you deserted me like this? This is so unfair. I took so much courage that you're by my side and you did not come to me. And why did you want to humiliate me like this by asking me to go and call Wali for a duel? And this is what happens. Uh, Two things come to my mind at this point, Prem. One thing is what you were speaking just now about Sugriva running away. Swami would often say in his discourses that if your desires are fulfilled, you fill your wall with my photos. The minute your desires are not fulfilled, you take down all the photos and stop worshipping. This is definitely not a sign of a spiritual person. Equanimity and absolute faith at all times, that is a sign of a true devotee. The other point that I wanted to make is when you said that there is a difference in the account as given by Swami in the Ramkata Rasavahini and as given in the Valmiki Ramayana. Mm-hmm. And this is not the first time we are encountering right. this difference. Swami in his discourses says, you are not one but three. The one you think you are, that is the body. The one the others think that you are, that is your mind. The one that you really are, which is the soul, the God, whatever, your true inner being. Actually, if you look deeply at this statement, definitely when I talk about myself, I'm always talking about my body only. And when others talk of me, you know, there are some people whom I have not met actually. We might have just corresponded over email. We might have just had a talk on the phone. And yet, sometimes, you know, it might be virtual. I have had cases where somebody comes and waves to me and says, Saram brother, we are friends on Facebook and I would not even have known him or her. So there are ways where others know us without even having interacted or come in contact with our body. So therefore, definitely it is true that the one others think we are is actually our mind. They judge us based on what we think, how we speak, all these things, you know, our mind, the expression of our mind. But what we truly are, neither we ourselves know, neither do the others know. That is the reason why we need a guru or a to come and teach us. And that is why I feel we see these differences because at best, Valmiki or any other writer could have understood the minds of Vali and Ravana. Everybody would have judged them based on what they think or what others think. Only Swami, only the avatar has the ability to see a person as he or she truly is. The third one, the one that you truly are, that is God, that is divine, that only Swami is able to see. See, many times what one truly is and what one thinks in the mind may match. That is what Swami says, Mahatmanam, Manasekam, Vachasekam, Karmanyekam, Mahatmanam. So there are many Mahatmas in Ramayana and therefore what they are, what others think of them and what they are appearing will all be same in the case of Hanuman, in the case of Lakshmana and therefore the accounts that Swami writes of Hanuman and Lakshmana, that Valmiki writes of Hanuman and Lakshmana, that Tulsi does, that Kamban writes, all will match because there was this harmony. Where this disharmony was there? You know, later on even Sugriva says the same thing that my brother Vali, you know, after he's dead, we will come to that later maybe next week. Sugriva says that I never knew that my brother had so 
too much of love and devotion to Rama. His anger had masked it. Now, because of these negative qualities, you are not able to have this harmony in thought, word and deed. So, though Wali is a very, very noble soul, to everybody else, he appears to be a very bad soul. Therefore, whenever we see this discrepancy in Swami's Ramayana and any other Ramayana, we should be grateful to Swami for giving us a glimpse into who those characters truly were. Because all others are just uh, an expression or an extrapolation of their body and mind. I think many, many times Swami also would say this, you know, when we would see somebody really pining and crying and praying for something, Swami will be very casual about it and Swami will sometimes even remark, I know what exactly they want Hmm. and you know, I'm giving them that. I know what is the real desire behind it and I think uh, Professor Nanjunde used to often tell us when uh, Swami was very upset with a set of boys and those boys came to Nanjunde sir and cried in front of him and said sir please tell Swami that we are very uh, sorry and Swami should take us back and he went and told Swami and Swami very beautifully remarked Swami asked him Nanjunde do you have more compassion than me? (laughs) (laughs) And you know that was the that was the point he couldn't speak anything more than that but then Swami explained see Nanjunde my heart is like butter the slight lightest of heat it will melt off because that, that is God's heart. If you can feel so much compassion, imagine I am thousand times more compassionate. The little bit of warmth in the devotee's heart will melt this butter. If this butter is solid, it only means there is no warmth around. And you know, that's precisely because Swami was always responding to the real thought. Sometimes some devotees will appear angry against Swami. Sometimes some devotees will feel like, oh Swami, I want to just get out of here. But you will see Swami will you know, keep holding to that devotee because Swami will be responding to the truest desire of that no soul. Feelings, huh? Not necessarily the words which come out in anger or the actions which come out in anger. So I think very very beautifully what you said was absolutely true because Swami is throughout this Ramayana in the form of Ramakatha Swami is bringing out the true nature of each of those characters be it Maricha, be it Kaikeyi, be it you know Wali, Sugriva, Wali, Sugriva all of these characters I think that even Ravana for that matter where sometimes Swami says, speaks of Ravana in, in a different light, not really as a demon as we see him. I think it's because Swami is talking of, of the yearnings of that soul too, not just the mind and the body. See, Swami says, my life is my message. And in the discourse we now heard Swami saying that uh, the Shreyamar, the true spiritual path is the ability to see good even in the bad. Actually Prem, if you read the Ramkatara Dhavani, can you come out with who is the villain? There seems to be no villain because while an act is considered villainous, the moment you start labeling the perpetrator of the act as a villain, Swami comes and redeems him or her. You know, (laughs) there seems to be no villain at all. Ravana is redeemed, Kaike is redeemed, Kwali is redeemed. Who is the villain? There is no villain. Who is bad? There is no bad. Everyone is good. And that is what Swami says. There is no bad in creation. It's all in your vision. In Srishti, there is nothing negative. It's only in your Drishti that is negative. So, coming back here, you know, Sugriva comes back. He is battered and bruised and he goes to Rama and as you said, in the next page itself, he starts saying, Rama, what? What is this? You let me down. I thought you will do. And what is this? And he has now forgotten that Rama has the supreme knowledge. He knows everything. Whatever he does is the best. Whether I get smashed, it doesn't matter. Whether I am crowned, it doesn't matter. Because just now he has expressed, you know, Rama, me getting smashed by Wali and me being exiled is all a boon because I got to see you. (laughs) A person who expressed that, the next day he is coming and saying, Lord, how did you allow me to get bashed when you said you will support me? (laughs) And then Swami says, Rama is again very consoling to Sugriva. He comes to Sugriva and he gently massages him all over his hand, leg and body and as Rama's hand moves tenderly over Sugriva's body in an instant all the pain is gone and I think to some extent we have also noticed this with Swami. We come to Swami loaded with our problems, with our pains, with our travails and whether he moves his hand over us or not, just looking at him in one moment, we feel our heart lightening up, we feel all our problems gone, we feel our sicknesses vanish
finish and if we get that pada namaskar aha everything seems to melt into nothingness that is the kind of experience that sugriva has and he all his pain is gone and he's again filled with joy supreme and you know again in an instant later sugriva starts saying oh lord what a embrace this is if i have this in life i don't need anything else why should i even bother you are there with me but this time rama's response is a little different right i think this time rama as you said he starts telling that sugriva calm down you know this is how people react when they get something beneficial for themselves from god but this is not true devotion don't get carried away to think that this is devotion and this is what you want i know exactly what is the true emotion behind it and i'm responding to that i think probably we should you know read exactly the words which yes, swami they're very, said very powerful. because so beautifully swami has put you know swami says rama did not pay heed to his words he said these words of yours are but reflections of passing thoughts you spoke like this when you had a vision of my power and glory i do not attach much value to them i mean you can really feel swami speaking these words you know to us for i care more for feelings that rise in the heart there are many great devotees who forget everything when they experience the sport and supreme might of god and believe that there is nothing higher than god but after some time or when their mental cravings do not bear fruit they develop doubts even about what they experienced or saw <laughs> these are the veils that hide the curtains that distort the truth in the mind of those with weak faith i know how it all happens and so i do not attach much value to these sentiments you have to get ready to confront your brother once again right but it was so beautifully as i said i could feel swami speaking these words to us because how many times it has happened you know when you're sitting in a bhajan i don't know how many devotees can relate to that when you're sitting in a bhajan some bhajan really stirs your heart swami is sitting in front of you and you know you that devotion is surging from within and swami whatever happens i will be with you whatever it takes i will always live for you you know that the emptiness of that uh, feeling sometimes because the next moment prasadam does not come to you you start getting restless <laughs> you know you sitting there i think how many times you have felt this in swami's presence and how many times have we seen people pour out their devotion and make grandiose statements like swami this life is only for you i will never let go of you all i seek is surrender at your feet and swami's response would be he would bend his head a little clutch his hair and say intamandi chusanra meaning i have seen these many people say this you know shirdi baba pointed to a mango tree and said see how many flowers are there how many fruits will come of that right. swami would point to his flowery hair and say these many i have seen giving these very same dialogue but let me see how many stay on as a little anecdote here you know when i joined higher secondary school even to this day he is there the physics teacher sairam sir we call him sairam sir his name is sairam sn sairam and uh, in 11th when he had asked me what was my goal what was my objective to join this higher secondary school i told him that sir i want to dedicate my life for swami i want to stay with swami always he told me a, a statement which someone never left me i always kept ruminating over it in fact in the article that i wrote about him also that statement has come in because it's an unforgettable statement and the statement that he said was arvind it is easy to dedicate your life to swami in 12th standard <laughs> let me see if you have the same dedication at the end of your msc also and towards the end of my post graduation i was able to understand what he was meaning as a child you are free you don't have any responsibilities easy to make statements as you 
start growing up as i say as you start maturing as you start seeing how the world is having seen all that are you still able to hold on that is really a challenge i really feel that's a very very wise statement and you know later on i went back to him and i also told him i said sir i would still like to dedicate my life to swami but honestly speaking sir i don't think that my dedication today is as pure as my dedication was in my 11th grade because it's easy to promise it's easy when you're overwhelmed to do that again the key is about perseverance if we are able to persevere from my own life i feel you know without i hope it doesn't sound like a boast but i just feel that what we decide in the intensity of feeling if we are able to persevere even 5 to 10% of that our lord is so compassionate that he accepts that and gifts us with rewards that are worth the 100% of dedication if only that 5% we are able to sustain that is what i feel and that is what i recollected as i was reading this part in the ramkatha savahini absolutely i think this probably is a good time to tell a whole lot of youngsters who listen to us you know especially teenagers and those in 20s because this is a time when you're filled with ambition and you're filled with idealism more than ambition so when something like this comes an opportunity to be with swami serve swami because i've heard lot of 20 year olds saying that we want to come and live in the ashram we want to stay it is definitely not wrong we're not trying to tell them that discourage you by saying that you know don't get carried away but something which as you said uh, our teachers used to tell us you know i remember some of my teachers is telling me that there is something called a midlife crisis <laughs> which comes probably at you know 35 40 year it, it varies with people what it is is it's at a point in time when you look back at life and look forward with a sense of equality you know when you're young you have your whole life in front of you so there is a feeling that i have everything to do you know you have a lot of money you don't plan when you have a lot of money you know when you have immense wealth you're not you're not going to budget but when you come to a point where you're looking back and looking forward equally you've spent equal number of years behind and in a sense a equal number of years lies ahead of you that is the time when you hmm. ask yourself have i done enough have i have enough to you know carry me forward basically it's like in the start of journey you feel as you said whole life in front of you in mid life you want to look back and feel right. have i done at least half the journey right have i come far enough you know have i achieved enough do i have enough things to show people and do i have it in me to take it forward i think that is when idealism gets shaken so it is not wrong to be carried by idealism but be aware that these are the things which will come ahead of you and uh, so beautifully this incident shows that when some nice things happen to you when swami's grace comes on our life and some nice things happen it's very easy to say that swami i want to dedicate my life to you but when those challenges come when you see that swami is standing by you and letting you pass through challenges are we able to see swami's love then are we able to see swami's grace then i think that is what actually filters a true devotee from you know somebody who's probably fond of swami who takes a liking for swami because that is why swami would very often say that why is kunti praying that swami give me more difficulties give me more difficulties because that is a real devotee who has seen that when i am able to hold on to you when i am having pain that is when my real devotion is springing out you know kunti story inspires me i am reminded of a little joke you know there was this boy who goes and makes a phone call and there is a person overhearing this conversation and the boy says madam are you happy with the boy who is serving you at your home mm-hmm. she says yes i am he says madam i know all the things that he does i promise to do all those things that he is doing mm-hmm. at half the price that which he is doing okay 
and she says no 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 it's no problem i want to have that boy itself he says madam not only will i do all that he is doing i'll do additional i'll get you vegetables also i will do this also i will do that also at half the price <laughs> okay and she says no no beta i'm happy with him no need he says okay madam and keeps the phone down as he's paying and he's walking off the shop guy says hey listen if you're in search of a job i couldn't help but over here the conversation i don't mind employing you he says no no i'm already employed then i actually work for the lady i was just checking how happy she is with me <laughs> <laughs> you know so i feel kunti was doing the same with the lord saying lord give me more and more troubles because it was almost like the lord will himself feel that and no kunti you know i have given you enough enough <laughs> no need i don't want let it be like that i feel that is how we should do a self audit and as kunti rightly shows it is only during times of troubles and tribulations trials and tribulations that we will be able to really show the lord what our worth is so therefore while we welcome joys and happiness we should also welcome trials and tribulations because they are the ones that help us grow as swami would often say in his discourses na sukhat labhyate sukham you will never get happiness out of happiness which means in order to taste true happiness dukham or sorrow or trials are a must right then the other obvious thing which you see is you know the differences between i think we've done one entire satsang on that finally the question is are you choosing god or are you choosing what comes from god because good and bad right and wrong and you know pleasant and unpleasant all that comes from swami as long as we say i want this and i don't want that you're not choosing the giver you're only choosing what is given and moment you start choosing the giver it it becomes immaterial what comes from him you know as we always say whatever swami gives us prasadam <laughs> as we spoke once if swami is going to materialize a gold chain for you it's as much a materialization or in the same place if swami materializes a mm-hmm. black rope you no know, black uh, thread which is going to put around you that's again a materialization both are equally swami's prasadam but i think we all have it in our mind that a gold chain is more valuable gold than a black more valuable and when it is on your neck you are having a special grace of swami and probably you know these are the subtle lessons that swami has taught through this ramakatha raswani and you know when we break it up and when we see this that is when we realize that so many subtle things swami is passing on to us through these stories that's why it's not a ramayana which you always knew this is not a ramayana which you have always read and I, you know what prem speaking of subtle i feel this is the true subtle body or sukshma sharira of swami his writings his discourses his teachings when we had gone to the himalayas you know there was uh, this kind of a guru they used to call him kedar baba Mm-hmm. Uh, they somebody told him kedar baba our guru is gone our guru is gone what do we do now whom do we follow his eyes flared up and he said murkh you fool kya avatar roop hai is the avatar a form avatar shabd hai he said the words of the avatar is the avatar and i feel today we are not able to see the physical form of swami many of us some of us are able to see that also some of the people are blessed they are able to see for moments or see whatever but when they say sukshma sharira or the subtle body of swami this is a subtle body the body of literature that he has left behind for us the body of discourses that he has left behind for us that is a so because even to this day when we read hear that we get to feel him we we are able to feel his presence and the joy that prem you are feeling in your heart right now and i am feeling in my heart right now nobody can deny that and that has come just by going through ramkatha rasavahini which we wrote four decades ago exactly and it's as fresh as it can be so i just feel that this dear listeners we are doing this because of course it is benefiting us but we also wish to communicate that you too get into this just like you wait for the satsang on this and listen to what is being spoken on the topic why wait to receive it from somebody else why don't you directly go to the source spend some time reading the ramkatha rasavahini spend time listening to bhagwan's 
these courses i am sure you will find greater solace greater wisdom straight from swami next week we shall continue how sugriva goes and faces up wali for a second time lot of beautiful messages there a beautiful incident that takes place there all that we shall keep for next week this week with a prayer to swami that we are able to feel him in our heart every moment of our life with a prayer to hanuman that he grants us love and bhakti to our swami just in the way that he has love and bhakti to rama we would like to bring this episode to a close we shall be ending with a bhajan thank you jai sairam दशरथ नंदन
You just heard an episode of our radio program Afternoon Satsang. This was a segment of Radio Sai's Thursday Live hosted by Prem and Arvind at 12:30 p.m. Indian Standard Time on Thursdays only on Asia Stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. The discussion was on the Ramakatha Rasavahini, a book written by Swami, and today's episode was first broadcast live on 15th October 2015. Dear listeners, we hope you like this program. As always, send us your feedback to listener at radiosai.org. Thank you and loving Sai Ram from Prashanthi Nilayam.